Psalm chapters 58 and 59. Psalm chapter 58, verse 1. To the overseer, destroy not. And I'm not sure if it means he's asking the Lord not to destroy his life through evil men, or if he is instructing men not to be evil and try to destroy or if this song is supposed to be sung to the same tune as another song entitled Destroy Not. It's written to the director of music by King David, A Secret Treasure by David. A secret treasure means that this is a meditation of his heart. Is it true, O dumb one, righteously ye speak, uprightly ye judge, O sons of men? This is a rhetorical question, and he's saying, Are you really righteous? even though he knows that they're not. He's saying, is what you say righteous? Because evil men were plotting against him from Saul's kingdom. They were trying to kill him, and it would have been treason if they had killed him. For two reasons. One, he was innocent of any wrongdoing, and two, he was anointed by the Lord to be the next king. So even though he wasn't king yet, it still would have been treason for them to kill him. Yet that's what they wanted to do. He calls them silent, and I believe it's because they were silent to his face. They were backstabbers, plotting against him in the palace. Two, even in heart ye work iniquities. That means even in their hearts they had sin. They were thinking about sin and planning sin, even though they weren't outwardly doing it yet. In the land of violence of your hands, ye ponder. King David says, this is a land of violence, and you also are planning more violence. 3. The wicked have been estranged from the womb. They have erred from the belly, speaking lies. David says that even from the point that they were born, they were wicked, and they were telling lies early on in life. That's kind of often true. People who are very wicked adults often started out as children who told lies and did bad things. 4. Their poison is poison of a serpent, as a deaf asp shutting its ear. 5. Which hearkeneth not to the voice of whisperers, a charmer of charms, most skillful. He's making an analogy that what these men say is so poisonous and evil to destroy him that it's like poison coming out of a snake's mouth. It's as if their own handlers can't control them. That's pretty rebellious. And evil men usually do have handlers. 6. O God, break their teeth in their mouth. The jaw teeth of young lions break down, O Jehovah. We can pray this against demons, that God will break their teeth and shut them up so that we don't have to hear their evil voices. A lot of times when we're really troubled in our souls, it's because we're listening to demons and we're believing what they say. So we need to rebuke them immediately when evil thoughts come in our head. Rebuke them. Ask God to break their teeth. 7. They are melted as waters, they go up and down for themselves, his arrow proceedeth as they cut themselves off. It's saying, let them disperse like water drains into a drain as the arrow of God hits them and cuts them off. 8. As a snail that melteth he goeth on, as an untimely birth of a woman, they have not seen the sun. He's saying, let their lives be like the slime behind a snail that just eventually disintegrates. Or let it be like a woman's miscarriage, where they never even started. David is asking the Lord to keep his enemies 
from flourishing. 9. Before your pots discern the bramble, as well the raw as the heated, he whirleth away. He says that before his enemies will even feel the heat, their lives will already end in the whirlwind that God sends their way, a whirlwind of judgment. In the Old Covenant, they did have to fight physical battles, but in the New Covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ can transform anyone. So we don't have to kill people. We pray against demons. In David's time, he prayed this against his physical enemies, which were other people who had to die in order for David to continue. But today, we don't operate under the old covenant. For us to continue on, our enemies do not have to die because they can also be redeemed and restored just like we were under the blood of Jesus Christ. We pray for the redemption of people, but we do pray curses on the demons who mess with people and who control people. And we can cast demons out of people because they don't have any right to be there. Now, if the person continues sinning, that demon will come right back. But we still have the authority to cast demons out by faith and only by the blood of Jesus. But they will come back if that person keeps sinning. 10. The righteous rejoiceth that he hath seen vengeance, his steps he washeth in the blood of the wicked. He says that in battle he will walk in the blood of his enemies. This is an allusion to Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation when he comes back as an instrument of God's wrath, and many people will die during that time. The Lord will walk in the blood of his enemies. 11. The man saith, Surely fruit is for the righteous. Surely there is a God judging in the earth. And that's because those people will never repent, and the Lord knows they won't. That'll be after he's already sent so many judgments on earth, and some people did get saved. But there will be other people that will be stubborn till the very end, and some of them will die at the sword of Jesus Christ. When our enemies are destroyed, then other people know that God is God, and he is totally in control. And for you and I, our enemies are demons. So when demons are destroyed in our lives, when we get deliverance from alcoholism, from fear, from self-hate, from codependency, from jealousy and envy, and all the other things that plague us, people can see that. It's obvious to others. They believe in God when they see that our lives are changed. And that concludes Psalm chapter 58. Psalm chapter 59, verse 1. To the overseer, that is, the director of music, destroy not by David. A secret treasure in Saul's sending, and they watch the house to put him to death. It's about a particular time in David's life when Saul had men watching his house. When Jonathan was still alive and David was married to Michael, during this time, David was still reporting to the palace and living around there, so Saul had his house watched. And at one point, he escaped out his window when his wife, Michael, alerted him that men were coming for him. Deliver me from mine enemies, O my God, from my withstanders, set me on high. If we follow the Lord, we will attract enemies, because Satan will cause people to attack us to try to snuff out the light of Jesus Christ and keep us from spreading the gospel. 2. Deliver me from workers of iniquity and from men of blood. Save me. 
Workers of iniquity are people who practice sin and have not repented yet. All of us have sinned, but not all of us are workers of iniquity. Those of us who have repented no longer fall into that category. We can still sin, we can still fall, but we don't make a lifestyle of practicing sin. We don't plan our weekend getaway with a girlfriend or boyfriend. We don't plan going to the casino or going to the bar. We don't plan cheating on our taxes or telling our boss lies. That's the difference. A worker of iniquity is somebody who knows they're going to do those things. If you know you're going to do those things, that's what the Bible calls being a current practicing sinner. 3. For lo, they laid wait for my soul, assembled against me are strong ones, not my transgression nor my sin, O Jehovah. David says to the Lord, I haven't been sinning, but people are coming against me who have a lot more power than I have. The courtiers in the palace were more powerful than David because Saul was still king and David wasn't king yet. Have powerful people ever been against you? You can ask God to deliver you, but you really need to repent of your sins so that you are the Lord's friend and he doesn't have to use those people to discipline you. 4. Without punishment they run and prepare themselves, stir up to meet me and see. He's saying that without cause for punishment, meaning even though I have done nothing wrong, they're still running to attack me. 5. And thou, Jehovah, God of hosts, God of Israel, awake to inspect all the nations, favor not any treacherous dealer of iniquity, Selah. He's asking the Lord to judge everybody on the planet and to not protect those who are practicing sin. Again, all of us have committed sin, but if we are not practicing sin, we can expect protection from the Lord and justice. It may not be tomorrow, but we will definitely get justice in God's good time. 6. They turn back at evening. They make a noise like a dog and go round about the city. They're hooping and hollering. They're signaling to each other. Saul had henchmen spying on David and tattling on him and informing Saul and even hunting David down. 7. Lo, they belch out with their mouths. Swords are in their lips. For who heareth? They say evil things because they want to promote themselves in Saul's kingdom. They know that Saul hates David and wants him dead, so they are assisting Saul in that pursuit in order for themselves to get promotions. 8. And thou, O Jehovah, dost laugh at them. Thou dost mock at all the nations. The Lord laughs at our folly, not in a malicious way. He wants us to repent. But when he sees that we are just trying to oppose the plans of the Lord, he sees how ridiculous and foolish that is. But it isn't a delight in our sin. It's just knowing that he is God and we're total fools to not listen to him. 9. O my strength, unto thee I take heed, for God is my tower, the God of my kindness. David over and over says that the Lord is kind, and Moses also said this when he was speaking to the Israelites. He often talked about the kindness of God. And if you think about it, just the fact that you were born is kindness on God's part. That he would create your soul and give you all the pleasures that you can experience in this life, and more importantly, all the pleasures to come in eternity if you are with him in heaven, which is his will. He wants you in heaven. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. People go to hell because they choose it. 
because they love their sin more than their Creator. But if you love your Creator more than your sin, then you will go to heaven and that will delight God more than anything. He wants all of his creation in heaven. And that also is his kindness. And the fact that he lets us live for decades as practicing sinners, waiting patiently for us to repent. And he still provides food, clothing, and shelter. That is immense kindness. And that he would listen to us. Even when we're in the midst of sin, he'll still listen to us a lot of times when we cry out to him. 10. God doth go before me, he causeth me to look on mine enemies. To look on your enemies is to look and see that they have fallen. And to face your enemy means to go to battle. Looking on your enemies is what you do at the end of the battle if you've won. 11. Slay them not, lest my people forget. Shake them by their strength, and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. He wants even the enemies of the Lord to continue living so that they can be a testimony of God's love and justice. He says, don't kill them, just shake them down. And that way no one will forget what you have done to them. Because if you kill them, eventually it'll fall from the memory of the people. This is a great prayer. 12. The sin of their mouth is a word of their lips, and they are captured in their pride. And from the curse and lying, they recount. Evil men have curses on their mouth, but they also have lies on their mouth. We're commanded to rebuke people who profess to be Christians, but they're living in apostasy and willful sin. We have to rebuke them. But if you just randomly go around saying nasty things about people and cursing people just for your own benefit, then that is wickedness. And it also says that they are full of pride. 13. Consume in fury, consume and they are not, and they know that God is ruling in Jacob, meaning in Israel, to the ends of the earth, Selah. Selah is a musical terminology and nobody knows what it means. Maybe it meant go back to the chorus. There's no scholar who knows what Selah means, but it is a direction. David says, let your fire burn the enemy. That happens often with Jesus and demons, they get burned. And this way, all of the earth knows that God is in control, and he is ruling. 14. And they turn back at evening. They make a noise like a dog, and they go round about the city. That repeats a line that was earlier in the song. And it's normal for lines to repeat, just like the chorus repeats. Maybe Selah does mean go back to the chorus, because immediately after Selah, we heard the chorus. That line was said earlier. 15. They, they wander for food. If they are not satisfied, then they murmur. Dogs are always hungry, and they will do anything to get food. And David is equating these courtiers who are plotting against him as dogs that have insatiable appetites. They have insatiable appetites for wealth and power and promotion. And that's why they're attacking David so greedily. It's like they're feeding off of his life just like dogs would eat flesh off of a dead body. 16. And I, I sing of thy strength, and I sing it mourn of thy kindness, for thou hast been a tower to me, and a refuge for me in a day of adversity. The Lord is kind also because he protects us like a fortress or a tower. We can hide in him, and so David sings of that all day, morning and night. The Lord has saved your life many times, and I know he has, because he saved my life many times, and I'm no different than you are. 
There was a time where I was a little kid and I almost drowned. There was a couple of car accidents that I was in and didn't even get a scratch. I also had a surgery that could have ended bad and, and I came out fine. Surgery is never safe. Anything could go wrong. So there's been several times where the Lord has saved my life. He even used my dog to save my life twice when I was in danger. That's because Satan would absolutely love for all of us to die early. The Lord has saved your life several times too, and I bet you know what those times were. So this is a great thing for you and I to say to the Lord, Thank you for being a tower. Thank you for your kindness in protecting me over and over. 17. O my strength, unto thee I sing praise, for God is my tower, the God of my kindness. Amen. He sure is. There's nothing more true that you could ever say than that God is kind. And the atheists and the witches, they all say that God is hateful, but they're the ones who are hateful. When we read the Bible, we find that there's nobody more kind than the Lord. And it's only hateful people who claim that he is so. And that concludes Psalm chapter 59.